into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome into the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. And Sam, ever since the college basketball season started, our Monday night recordings for our Tuesday episodes have consisted of us breaking down the most previous Kentucky Wildcats basketball game, giving you guys our notes and thoughts, recapping all of it, and then looking ahead to the next game. But today, we're going to do things just a little bit differently. And at this point, I think we've all had a chance to digest the most recent loss on Saturday to the UCLA Bruins and Sam, it's very safe to say that all of Big Blue Nation is a little bit fed up and very frustrated right now. They had no problem taking to Twitter, to all sorts of ways on the internet to voice their complaints over what is going on with the Kentucky basketball team right now and the frustration that is boiling over since the end of last season. We thought that we would take this opportunity in order to have a little town hall meeting where me and Sam are going to be the voice of the people. We're going to lay out what we see as the most fundamental issues with this Kentucky basketball team. Once we air out all of those grievances, we will regroup We will enter into the war room and we will try to come up with different solutions to these problems and hopefully walk away at the end of the episode feeling a little bit more positive and have a little bit more hope and optimism as to this basketball team than when we first started this episode. And so Sam, I'd like to bring you in and I know we're all frustrated But let's really try to pinpoint some of these problems and try to be able to come up with some solutions. So let's bring you in here. Let's have you get started for us and kind of start to lay out, Sam, for us where you see some of the most glaring issues that are causing the Kentucky Wildcats to continue to fall short in their biggest games of the season into really leaving a lot of BBN scratching their heads while watching them. Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ, and I'm glad that you called this town hall because it comes at the absolute right time, AJ. I mean, you said it best. We need to be the voice of reason, but also just the overall honest voice for Big Blue Nation here today, AJ, because, you know, sitting at 7-3, and three, we've dropped down to number 19 
in the AP poll. I really don't even know if we deserve to be a top 25 team at this point in the season, AJ. It has caused a lot of alarm and distress within our fan base, and it's time to discuss and work through these issues early in the season because we'll get to the silver linings, but thankfully it is early, and hopefully we have time to figure it out. But that's why we're here today, to see if we can even solve some of these or if this is going to be just one of those years, AJ, but let, let's dive into it. I, I think the biggest thing that I need to address first is the overall discomfort and stress level that Big Blue Nation is feeling right now, AJ, because it's not like you alluded to it perfectly in the year opener. It's not just that we're losing a game here, a game there, AJ. We're seven and three. We're still technically in the top 25 in the entire country, but that's not the standard of this program. And it's not that it's just this year, AJ. This is a compounding issue. And whether we want to give Cal a break or not for that 2020 season where it looked like we had a team that could have made a deep run in the March Madness tournament, and that year doesn't happen. But if we don't give them that break, AJ, the last couple of years, it's an issue that has made this fan base every year have to just pour their heart and soul back into the fact that, okay, I have to buy back in because we didn't accomplish any of the goals that we set out to last year. Now I've got to buy back in. This year was one of those pivotal seasons. We're coming off of one of our worst program losses ever to St. Peter's in the first round of the tournament. We regroup AJ. We put together on roster one of these teams that all of our fan base was extremely excited about and you're ready to go out there and have a firm belief that you are one of the top maybe five to eight teams that has the best chances of cutting down the nets come March. We now look forward and we're a couple weeks in and we faltered already. And, And the biggest complaint, obviously, I hear you loud and clear, Big Blue Nation, is you basically have lost the three toughest challenges that you have had year to date. Where is your belief in the program right now? You know, it's like every opportunity that we've had, we've showed that we're not ready for those moments. And I know Cal warned us, we're not quite ready, guys. We, we got to take this team with a grain of salt early on, and we got to give them an opportunity to develop. What I'll say, AJ, is shoot. We're almost at the end of December. There's, we can't use that crutch anymore. We, I think we're past even Oscar was hurt and we, we need more time. He's back now. He's in the rotations. We've been practicing. We can't use that as an excuse anymore. We're done with excuses. That's why we've called this town hall and eventually we'll get into the war room because we have to move past excuses and work into the solutions of how this program and this team specifically this year can overcome some of the early adversity in the season and show that we are one of the best teams in the country and actually move forward to accomplishing the goals that we're setting out for this season. This all comes on the heels of just a, a very bad loss, AJ, to the UCLA Bruins. I know they're a top 25 team that was a good opportunity for the Wildcats to get right and show that we are one of those teams that can compete at the highest level. And I know it at times, AJ, we had every opportunity to win that game. So when you break it down, it's, it's not all bad, but 
the way I see it, and I'm interested to hear uh, how you saw it, AJ, is us losing that game the way we did was the wrong way. It, let me let me break that down for everyone because the way we lost was that was the fourth lowest scoring performance under a John Calipari Kentucky-led coach team. Sorry. Fourth lowest, AJ, of all time. Since Cal's come into this program, that's the fourth lowest. We scored 53 points. And we can sit here and we'll find the silver linings about our defense and how good we are there, and that's going to keep us in games and give us opportunities to win games. But this offense, AJ, 53 points? It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. Our our three guards that typically carry the weight of scoring other than Oscar, AJ, CJ, Reeves, and Kaysen so far to this season went four for 26. As a team, we went five for 13 from the free throw. We had 18 turnovers to 14 assists, AJ. 18 turnovers. That's inexcusable. And, And we even limited our turnovers in the second half compared to the first half. Well, give us that. 18 turnovers, AJ. We only had 21 field goals on the entire night. And, and we can break down this UCLA game, but it's not just this game, AJ. It's every big moment we've been in. Go look at the stats from Gonzaga. Go look at the stats from Michigan State. Now UCLA. And even in Michigan, we struggled at times, but they have proven even now since the latter of the our matchup in London that they are struggling as a team, AJ. They are not quite there either. And so that win goes from, okay, great. We finally got a top 25 win to now. No, it's not. So it's compounding and it's breaking this fan base. I mean, I'm sure you saw it just as clear as I did. No one is happy. And here's what I love about this fan base and about this program, AJ You can almost guarantee when you lose a a bad game like that, that most of Big Blue Nation is getting on Twitter and saying, fire Cal, and this is ridiculous, and this is inexcusable, this isn't how we carry the Kentucky brand. And I I never really agree with any of the takes because it's just too knee-jerk, if you will. But at the same time, the moment we stop seeing our fan base do stuff like that is the moment we truly have lost our program. And Calipari has lost the reins because that's the passion that makes Big Blue Nation so much different. But that's also the passion that holds this program to a different standard. So we do have to figure out the issues and address them and move forward because I'm not kidding, AJ. We, we know the outcome that's at stake if we have another letdown season. Let's be honest. And, and it's trending in the wrong direction. So I started with the offense being the biggest issue as more of just an umbrella approach, not addressing the exact causes. I think aside from that, the second point that I needed to make just to do the opener and I'll pass it to you is what the hell's going on in our first half efforts, AJ? We have now had... Two very prime examples, and I'll even stretch it to a third because we didn't play great in that first half against Michigan, AJ, either. The first half against Gonzaga and UCLA have just been abysmal. And I don't understand how these guys aren't ready to go out there and have 
the night of their lives, especially in Madison Square Garden, where kids dream, dream, AJ, of that opportunity to wear that Kentucky jersey and go out on the biggest stage in college basketball and in national basketball and not perform in that first half. It's like that, that to me, AJ, is probably even maybe a bigger issue than the offense at this point for me because I don't understand how you aren't motivated in moments like this, let alone any given night, because I don't care who you're playing. You're Kentucky, and you know you're about to get the absolute bloodbath that you should know you're about to receive because every team, you said it earlier, AJ, their dream is to beat Kentucky. And congratulations, Michigan State, Gonzaga, UCLA, your dream has already come true this season. And I don't want to make more dreams come true, AJ. And I think those two things are the biggest concerns as of right now. Are those the same two for you? Or what else stands that you, stands out to you? Because trust me, I'm staring at a list of my notes, AJ, and the list does go on, and we will get to each of them. Yeah, Sam. So for me, honestly um... – I'm seeing the same things that you are. I think I just have a little bit of a different approach about it. And I wanted to start in with one overall broad statement, basically, the top of the umbrella. And then there's all these little things going on that are underneath, okay? And it's all of these little things are causing this one major problem and my one major problem for this Kentucky basketball team, this team specifically, and we can trickle it back a few years as well as maybe some warning signs of things to come and whatnot. But one word sticks out in my mind, Sam, and that word is inconsistency. There is inconsistency within everything that this basketball team does. We have not had a game against a quality opponent this entire season where you've watched and you've said, hey, we executed both on defense and offense at a high level for the entirety of the game. I understand how basketball is. I've been saying it since I was three years old, Sam. It's a game of runs, all right? It is. It, that is basketball, okay? But within that, you still have to continue to play the same way and, and fundamentally the right way to weather those storms throughout a game. It's not all going to go your way every time. But right now, we are not a good enough team to weather those storms and beat good teams. And Sam, we came into the season thinking we have a top 10 team in the country. If we start to figure this thing out a little bit and get on the right page, we could be one of the best teams in the country, right? Well, newsflash, BBN, we're not that team. I'm sorry, we just aren't. We are a fringe top 25 team right now, and we need to accept that. That's who we are. We're not winning the big games. We're coming up short, and we need to realize who we are right now. And Sam, it's the inconsistency that is causing all of this. 
there is not a full game being played by the Kentucky Wildcats. And there's so there's there's different areas that I can go to break this down. And you touched on the offense already. That is part of the problem. It's the half-court offense, okay? We're 10 games into the season now, a third of the way through our season, and we don't have an offense. We, we don't run an offense. I could show you the tape from the UCLA game, and the UCLA game was much was was very much a catalyst for this town hall meeting episode because what I saw in that game is a microcosm of who we are as a basketball team right now. You want to point out the fact that we scored 53 points, Sam? We're lucky to score 53 points that game. The, the offense was hard to watch. There is a clear lack of communication Guys do not know where to be on the court. The spacing is is god-awful. You got guys dribbling up at the top of the key. They don't know who's supposed to be coming to set a screen. Guys are walking and it, it's 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 borderline embarrassing at times when your offense is that bad when you understand the amount of talent level that's on the court at the same time, right? You have a national player of the year on your team, and all you can do is muster up 53 points. It's, I don't know if you guys can hear this in my voice. My anxiety levels are rising a little bit just even talking about this, but the offense, it's not good, Sam, and it's inconsistent. And the reason why is what I just said there's no spacing. The ball doesn't move around the court very often. There's no communication. There's no clear rhyme or rhythm or reason to our offense right now. It's basically bring the ball up, move around a little bit, try to find Oscar. If it's not there, then who the hell knows what we're going to do, and let's just try to see if we can figure out a good shot. And so that is a big issue right now. And that's our biggest issue on offense is that half court. And we can dive a little bit more into that, Sam, and see what we're not doing as well within that offense because I think there's even a few more layers to it. But I'm going to take it now to our defense and kind of give you my initial take on what's going on there as well and what's causing this inconsistency. And and then we'll move forward with some other issues. But you know, I saw a lot of last after last game, and, and you even said it earlier, well, our defense is good enough, it's going to keep us in a lot of basketball games, right? And while that may be true, I also see some glaring inconsistencies with our defense. There is a clear lack of rebounding on this basketball team, which is something I'm struggling to comprehend because... You have a ton of guys who athletically can jump, should be able to rebound, and just aren't putting forth the grit and determination and effort that it takes to rebound on a consistent basis. You think we're struggling to rebound now? What do you think is going to happen when we go against Alabama and Arkansas and Tennessee and those teams in our conference? They are going to absolutely bully us because that's who they are and that's what they do. 
You don't think they watch this film and they say, let's get after the cats, man. Push them around. Beat them up a little bit. They can't handle it. That is a is a serious, serious issue. It, it, something I didn't think was going to be an issue going into the season, Sam. But the rebounding is terrible. And then one other thing is just just glaring to me. And this is more of an X's and O's thing, but we do not understand as a defense how to defend a high pick and roll from the other team. And it is the most commonly used offensive play set in all of basketball at any level, ranging from youth to the NBA. That's what everybody does. And somehow... The Kentucky Wildcats have not figured out a way in which to defend this. We we talked extensively, almost exclusively, about stopping Tiger Campbell in our preview to UCLA, and we let him get anywhere and everywhere he wanted onto the court. He started to get into the rhythm, and then you must have been sitting there saying, oh, whoa, he's, he's making tough shots. Well, yeah, he's making tough shots because... He's in a rhythm. He's got it going. He's getting to his spot. Even though you put a hand in his face, it doesn't matter. So there's just some some glaring inconsistencies that I see on both sides of the ball to start off, Sam. But I can't say that word enough, man. It's it's To me, it's just extremely glaring right now and is the reason why we continue to fall short in these areas. So I'm going to take a deep breath real quick. I'm going to... I'm going to mute my mic for a little bit and, and and calm down and i'm gonna go back to you sam and are are you seeing what i'm seeing and then from there please start to expand on some of these other issues that you're seeing so we can continue to hash these things out well yeah we gotta hash them out and eventually you and i are gonna be stuck in the war room and we're gonna be the ones that have to figure this all out because uh it doesn't seem like anyone else is doing it for us aj but no i'm seeing exactly what you're seeing i mean the most recent example in our loss against ucla aj we got out rebounded now it, it was by one mere rebound but maybe that one rebound was the change in the game aj And I just don't see any scenario where we should be getting out-rebounded by any team in the entire country because we have the best rebounder in the entire country on our squad, AJ. We get out-rebounded 43-42, to AJ, against UCLA. Oscar Sheway pulled down 16 of our boards. 16! Exactly. I'm seeing exactly what you're seeing. How is there not more effort from our other bigs and our guards to get in there and pull down rebounds? Because, AJ, we've talked about this. We know the talent that we have. And if we're a team that's struggling in the half court, the best thing to start your offense is be the offense that we want to be, which would be pull down rebounds and get out and fast break. Because, goodness are we explosive we're in fast break i i had to go back aj and re-watch it to make sure that this was not falsely reported do you know how many points we had on the fast break against ucla zero zero I, it, it's it's unfathomable 
that we had zero fast break points when we know the type of identity that we have to this season, to this point in the season, AJ, it's inexcusable. That's a glaring issue when we're talking about the offense. We can scream and yell about our half-court set, but you have to alleviate some of that pressure with your ability to get out and run and push in transition. Mind you, we would have had a few fast break points, but we got fouled going to the to the uh, hole, AJ, which is great. I, I, I even think I talked about that in our preview. Be physical. Attack the rim. They're going to foul. You know what? They did. They did, AJ. What happens when we go to the line? We're 5 for 13 from the line, AJ. And this is not the only game and reason I bring this up because we have proven – we can't be successful from the line. F- five of 13, and, and mind you, two of those are front end one and one, so you one don't even get the chance at the, at the second shot. No, yeah, exactly, AJ. I mean, we had every opportunity to extend or extend the lead or break down the lead that we were going up against. At multiple times in the game, AJ, and like you said, we start earning our opportunities at the line to get one-on-one opportunities, and we miss our free throws. You know what pisses me off the most, though, is UCLA goes 7 for 15 from the line, under 50%, as well, and that... And that's all the more reason, AJ, that if you were the team that hits the free throws, you're probably the ones exiting Madison Square Garden with a W. So it almost pisses me off worse that UCLA also had a poor free throw shooting effort because they could have extended the lead as well. So they're sitting there, wow, we beat them by 10 and we shot terrible from the line. And we could have been sitting there saying, you know, they shot terrible from the line, but we took care of business And that's what good teams do. It's the attention to details. And that was my next point, AJ. Kind of like you with the inconsistency, it's more of an umbrella approach. But it's the attention to details, which kind of takes charge on everything that a basketball team is supposed to focus on. When you look at attention to details, AJ, it's it's effort. It's rebounding is an effort thing, AJ. Cutting hard off your screens and your picks and driving to the basket is an attention to detail effort thing. And when I go back and I watch our offense, AJ and our defense, every time that we have breakdowns, it's an effort thing. And I don't know if it's because we're out of shape and mentally we're exhausted, but my gosh, you you see guys tripping on top of each other, turning the ball over in our half court offense. That, That to me, AJ is an effort thing. You should never, Put yourself in that position because you're not, to me, you're not trying hard enough when you find yourself in those positions. When I see, one of the examples was, um, I, I remember it vividly because I've now watched it again and again. A couple times down straight in a row in our half court, we tried to force an entry pass into Oscar Shibway in the post, AJ. We've talked ample already to this point in the season about how important it is to execute our entry passes into Oscar Shibuya in the post. Anyway, we turn it over three straight times, right? One of which, Oscar is posted up on the right block, and Severe is out at the perimeter, top of the key. He forces a left-handed pass into Oscar, which was turned over because he was basically triple-teamed. 
the reason that happened is one, you should never try to make a force entry to a block from the top of the key, in my opinion. Two, when you break down the tape, AJ, Antonio Reeves was coming from a back screen on the opposite side of the court where Oscar was posted, AJ. He's supposed to sprint, sprint to the three-point line. You know what that does? It grabs the defender that's guarding him, and he makes him come all the way across the court, which then does open up that lane for the entry pass. When you watch the tape, and this is just one example of hundreds already to this point in the season, AJ, Antonio stops his run right around the key, and his defender can tell what's happening, jumps the pass, steals it, they go down on a fast break and get a dunk. It's it's that attention to detail that is a glaring issue for this Wildcats team, AJ, because if you're not going to be paying attention to the stuff that matters that helps win basketball games, in my honest opinion, you shouldn't be out on the court, which then brings me to maybe one of my last points for the glaring issues for this Wildcats team so far is the distribution of minutes played so far, AJ. And I actually struggle to blame Cal for this, and I know that sounds counterintuitive because you're saying, well, Cal's the one giving all the minutes to these guys. No, at some point, it's on the players, guys. It it is. And I I have more blame to go around for Cal, and I'll get there. But it it has to also be on these players, AJ, because – Listen when I say this. These guys have fought for the minutes that they have earned and that Cal has given to them. You are now not fighting. And Cal can scream and yell and kick you in your ass all day long to try to get these players to fight, AJ, but they're not. And I think we all know that this isn't just one guy. This is multiple guys. I can maybe take Oscar out of the equation because I don't think I've ever seen him take a possession off. However, Antonio, Jacob, Severe, the list goes on, CJ, everyone else. You earn those minutes from Cal, and now you're just, you're honestly pissing them away. And now we don't know where to distribute the minutes. We don't know who our top five is. And and Cal, AJ, if you listen to his presser today, he said, you guys are going to see some changes. I'm changing the starting five because it's not working, and I have to get guys to fight. And I was super happy to – it's so refreshing to hear him say that, AJ, because he, he gets it just like we do, guys. He's not happy. And if your top dog, like Jacob Toppin, is getting 32-plus minutes a night, AJ, and he's giving us this, he can't be in the game. He can't. He, you're a, you're a more of a liability than a positive attribute for this t- team at the moment. So I think that brings me to my last point. I mean, it's just – it's the distribution of minutes, but it's because of all the things that we have said, AJ, all the things, that's where the issues start. Because if you're not going to fight and you're not going to hone in on all these things that we've talked about, you're killing your team and you're killing your coach because now we don't know where to go and you're putting together lineups that have to work on the fly, AJ. And I'll credit Cal. He put in – Lance Ware in this UCLA game. And that was our best lineup because you know why? And you know what pissed me off, AJ? Me and you, avid fans, diehards, were breaking down the game, you know, this time last week. And we saw it. We saw it. We, we saw the film. We saw what we had to execute. 
physicality. We talked about it, AJ. Physicality. And Jame Jaquez, every time Jacob was guarding him, went to work. Because Jacob, although he's got the length and the size, he wasn't being physical. He was there. But you even talked about it. Tiger Campbell did the same thing. You guys are there. But if they get in their spots, they're going to hit their shots because they're good players. You have to be physical. You have to make them think twice. And that's what Lance did. So credit him because he came in and he knew his assignment and he executed it perfectly. It stinks that down the stretch of the last five minutes, Lance was pulled and didn't play. Don't agree with that opinion. But without going further in my tangent, now I'll step back and I'll give you an opportunity to address your remaining issues with this Wildcats team. But it, it, it's it's got to be fixed, and we've got to get in this war room here soon, AJ, or, or so help these Wildcats. Yeah, Sam, I'll uh, I'll kind of run through the, the rest of, of what I see going on and then um, give you an opportunity if you wanted to ask – add any um, last-minute things or, or if you had uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on, I'll give you that chance, and then we'll start to try to <clears throat> solve some of these issues. And I know um, when I started talking earlier, I started with the inconsistency, and I broke down a little bit of that um, from a defensive perspective and then from an offensive perspective. And so I kind of want to take those things just a, just one step further Um and when it when we look at the offense, you know, I talked about in the half court there being no rhyme, reason, or rhythm to, to anything that we're really doing. And so um, within that, a few things stick out to me. One, we don't have... If we're not getting the ball into Oscar down low, like I said earlier, there's not much else there going on. And there were a few plays in the UCLA game that just magnified this to me. And it's when the guys at the top, whoever the guard is, is at the top of the key around the three-point line. And he's just, he's dribbling. And he's dribbling. And he's dribbling. And he's dribbling. And, you know... I'm not a high-level basketball player, but I do know one thing is you don't just dribble the basketball to dribble it. You dribble with a purpose, and right now we're not dribbling with a purpose, and it's because I I don't think our guards know or are confident in what to do. If we can't get the ball down into Oscar, they're looking around like, who wants it? It's a freaking hot potato, and... I know I keep going back to that, but what I also wanted to say is trying to even get the ball into Oscar is a complete struggle. We have no idea how to enter the ball into the low post. So you don't have guards who know how or are showing they know how to break people down off the dribble and open up our offense. And then you can't get the ball down in low to your big man so what the hell are you doing out there? You're just you're just literally passing it and dribbling it around with no end goal in sight. There's no end goal. It's not hey, we're looking for this guy in this space, right? It's just hey, throw it around and then as the clock starts winding down, somebody's got to take a shot, right? And that is just not a place that you want to be in at all. And to take that 
even one more step further, Sam. I think a lot of it, and I'm before I say this, I'm not here to criticize the players and to say they're no good or anything like that. But I will also give my honest opinion on what's going on and something that I think is hindering this offense and this team in general is the play of Xavier Wheeler. And the more I watch him play and the more I break down his tape, you know, at the beginning of the season, it looked, it looked good, but there's a few things that he's doing right now that I, I really, he's playing a lot of minutes. Okay. He is. And he's got the ball in his hands a lot. Therefore he is, is most times our floor general in leading and running our offense. And what are teams doing? Every team does it. They sag off of him from the three-point line. This is what teams, I'm not comparing them at all, but this is back in the day, Sam. This is what the San Antonio Spurs would do to LeBron James before he could shoot a jump shot, okay? They sag off of Xavier because they know he does not want to take the three. They'll even give him two dribbles and a pull-up for a 17, 15, 14, 13-footer. He won't take it. So he tries to get by his defender, who's already sagging off of him, and he's got to get left, and he's short, so then he's got to get the ball up. And sure, it works sometimes, right? Occasionally, he gets the angle and he gets to the basket because he's a fast guy. But that is not working right now. And you running and trying to get to the lane every time is not going to work when you have a, a guy who's defending you who's a Division I college basketball player who can sag off of you three or four feet and not respect the fact that you're going to shoot a jump shot. And that, to me, is something that is causing our offense a lot of issues right now. And it's because he's playing a ton of minutes and he has the ball in his hands so much. Another guy you brought up a little bit, Antonio Reeves. Listen, I don't care about the missed shots. I don't care about them whatsoever. Continue to shoot the ball. But the little effort thing, Sam, that you talked about is something that he needs to get better at. And a part of that, teams are adjusting to him as well. They know that he wants to shoot the basketball, right? So what do they do? They run as hard as they can, and they run him off the three-point line. How many floaters did that guy miss against UCLA? Maybe six of them. He doesn't know how to shoot a floater, and yet if he knew how to shoot a floater, this guy could average 20-plus points a game because if you have to respect the fact that you run him off the three-point line and now he's a guy who can get into the lane and shoot that floater and knock it down on a consistent basis, you cannot continue to run him off the three-point like, three line like that Oh man, it's just come on man. What are you what are we working on? Why are why are we not as a coaching staff showing him that and then having him in the gym working on pump fake the three-point shot, get into the lane, shoot the floater. Shoot the floater. These are staples of John Calipari's offense, Sam. When was the last time you saw a guard on a consistent basis break down a defender? and throw the lob to a big man. That is literally the staple play of a John Calipari-led Kentucky Wildcats team, and it barely ever happens anymore. It's, it's, it's a non-factor. Well, well, no, you're absolutely right. And 
it's because teams are able to play drop coverage on us, AJ, because what, you're breaking this down perfectly. It's exactly where I wanted to go. They're playing drop coverage on us because they don't respect the fact that Severe can shoot, right? It, which is the right play. They, so we have to adjust. We know teams are going to play that drop coverage. So what happens is, one, I, I, I cannot believe we are still running a high pick-and-roll screen for Severe because it, it doesn't make sense anymore because he, they're going to play drop coverage, AJ, which means, for those of you that aren't following, the, the guy guarding, for instance, Oscar, what they're going to do when Oscar goes to set that screen on Severe's defender is instead of working over the screen, the defender is going to drop under the screen, and so is Oscar's man. So now you've got two defenders dropping back into coverage, if you will, so that way you can't roll off. You have to consider the option of picking back and shooting AJ, which Severe isn't going to do effectively for us. We know that. So then the other defenders, this is where it all comes together. Like AJ's saying, their job is to take the shooters out of it and run them off the three-point line. If we can't get teams to respect us in the interior because the lack of our effort from three, AJ, it's it's a recipe for disaster. It, it is. And I'm glad you brought it up because that was probably, you know, the, the last thing that I could say about where our struggles are coming from. But it really does stem from those efforts. Yeah. And I listen, I don't mean to single out these players at all. I'm not trying to take shots at them. But this is thing, these are things that I'm seeing over and over and over again throughout the first third of this season. And then, Sam, there's, there's one other guy that I need to talk about. And we've talked about him at length throughout this podcast. And that's Jacob Toppin. It was one thing when the inconsistency started at the beginning of the season. We tried to pump the brakes on on really becoming concerned. We even came on the preview podcast, and I myself, the words came out of my mouth, I told you not to panic, BBN, on Jacob Toppin. But there is something fundamentally wrong with what's going on with him right now. And I don't know if it's, you know, in a... If it's in his head, it's an emotional thing that he's got going on, or if it's something outside of basketball, or he's dealing with, you know, he gets anxious on the court and his anxiety is taking him over, or what's going on, man. But without him, we're going nowhere. He was, he was, was, and is being counted on as a, vital piece of this basketball team. His growth and development coming into the season were a huge part of what we thought could put Kentucky into that next level, right? A guy with experience who's been on the team for three seasons, taking that next step and being somebody that can be relied on on a nightly basis when you do have a few young guys, but you have the experience and he's got to be one of those guys and he's just not right now. And it's really hurting us. He completely disappears at times. He looks lost on the court at times. It's almost as if, Sam, if he does not have things go his way right off the bat, he mentally just takes himself and checks himself out of the game. 
And he's another guy that's getting big minutes. So now you have multiple guys that are getting big minutes who have these lapses in judgment, in in a lack of focus during the game. And all of these things I'm talking about, Sam, are why I brought up that word, inconsistency, at the start. Every single one of these things isn't just something that's happening throughout the course of the game, and then at the end of it, you look up and we've lost. And it's like, they don't seem that big in the moment, but when you start to add all these things up, Sam, that's what you end up getting. And here's the last thing that I'm going to say, because I think we've, we've beaten this into the ground. We've, we've run through a lot of things that are going on, right, Sam? But I have one last question for you before we start to try to delve into how we fix some of these issues and, and enter into the war room. Me personally, we go into big basketball games now, right? Previously, in past years, we went into these games, me, myself, as a fan of the team, I expected to win every single game that we played. Big game, not so big game, good team, bad team, on our court, your court, my uncle's court, playing on the pickleball court. I don't care where the game, when the game, who's playing. I expected to win, right? I don't feel that way anymore. I go into some of these bigger games hoping to win. And there is a huge difference between expecting to win and hoping to win. That needs to change, Sam. We have to get back to where we expect to win every single game. You stated it back 40 minutes ago when we started, Sam, Kentucky is the gold standard. There is a level of excellence that is expected from each and every single one of the players, the coaches, and the rest of the staff. And it's not being met right now. Something has got to change, my friend. So let's do it. Let's get out of this town hall meeting. Let's take a walk around the block real quick. We're going to regroup. We're walking into the war room. We're shutting the doors. All right, Sam, what is the first thing that we're doing to get these things fixed? Yep. And how's it going to happen? Yep. Well, all right. Here's how I'll open this up, AJ, because that was the perfect transition. Because when you start explaining what your expectations are in turn in these games, that is not a, a feeling that you are just pulling from nowhere, AJ, because it's a feeling that I have and I'm sure the rest of Big Blue Nation has because I sat down on my couch with my roommate, AJ, a graduate from UK, a diehard fan as well, and we both looked at each other and we looked at each other and you know what we both said, AJ? I'm nervous. That used to not happen. And here's where... I will break down the numbers and we will start getting into this war room because it was perfect opportunity to address this overall record. AJ for Calipari since signing his lifetime contract three and a half years ago, four years ago, 67 and 33 versus ranked teams, eight and 15 versus non-conference power five teams, seven and 11 
NCAA tournament wins, zero. SEC tournament wins, one game. AJ, it's an overall massive concern, and that those records are what causes you to feel anxious entering into these big-time games. Because in the past couple of seasons, AJ, we showed more times than not, we come out on the losing equation. I can't fix every season. I can't go into the past and rewrite history books. What I can do for you guys today is offer silver linings and opportunities to work things out moving forward. So let's start where we started, AJ. Solutions for the offense, okay? Specifically, let's start with the half court. I mentioned it earlier, AJ, and you said it beautifully. Our offense currently consists of get the ball into Oscar, and if nothing else happens with that, then nothing else happens. Okay? So how do we solve this? One, we have to get into our offense faster. We have to get into our offense faster, which means effort from every single player on the court. And what I actually have witnessed from breaking down the tape so far to this season, AJ, is the second the team scores on us, we do. We fly up the court to get into our set. But we pause. We set. We let everyone settle. And then we get into our offense. I cannot stress this enough, y'all. We can't keep doing that because what AJ said earlier is we try to get into Oscar, and if that doesn't work because teams are obviously honing in on denying the ball, the first denial entry pass into Oscar is almost a possession win for every team against us, AJ, because then we reset, we're down to 15 seconds on the shot clock, and everyone is just staying in the round, okay? We can't keep doing that, and you know why? Then we don't score most times is because then we're setting Severe up for either a late shot clock, pick and roll, high pick and roll option, and he, although he is a great distributor, AJ, should not be the guy with the ball in hand and late shot clock opportunities because he is not the most prolific scorer that we have in our offense. So how do we solve it? Here's where I'm offering solutions, AJ. One, fly up the court. You've got to get to your spots, know your spots, and immediately start running our offense. That gives you more opportunities to get the players that need to touch the ball to touch the ball for good things to happen. Two, stop doing a high pick and roll with Severe Wheeler. What I can offer instead, AJ, what we want and I think we should be doing from here on out is when we get down the floor, our initial efforts, I do still think, need to be get Oscar Sheboy the ball, but not at the high key or in the perimeter. We need to strive to get the ball into him in the low post. That's our best offense. If that doesn't work, AJ, what I think we should be running is Severe Wheeler gives the ball up to another guard. If it's CJ, if it's Antonio, or if it's Kaysen, give it up to them. What I think we should be doing is pin downs where we are basically trying to get the guards and the big men on our other four players to switch AJ. How you initiate that is you do some, basically a pin down, a screen on the low blocks and you try to get them to flare out and get them to switch. Why I offer that is because then 
late in the shot clocks, you're hoping that you get the favorable switch between someone that's guarding Oscar Shibway and maybe your other guard, Antonio Reeves. Why that works out is because at least from there on out, you're not having Severe try to break down his defender off the dribble late in a shot clock. You're having, hopefully, a switched guard on the perimeter break down their opponent late in the shot clock. I would rather see at this point in the season, AJ, CJ, Antonio, Kaysen, with the ball with 10 seconds or less in the shot clock because I trust their shot-making ability and their decision-making ability more than severe at this point in the season. That's what I can initially offer. However, it all starts with the effort, the immediate effort to get down the court and get set and not just sit there and wait for everyone to set. Sometimes the best offense is to just go, AJ. Where do you start for the offense to provide solutions for this struggling Wildcats team? Yeah, Sam, I think, um, you know, I, a lot of what you said is, is what I would do as well. And then, you know, I'll go back to what John Calipari said. It, it's, it's a different lineup. We need to figure out a different lineup because we're putting lineups out there in which just, even when you think about it as a fan, you're like, where's the scoring going to come from, Right. And that's never a good feeling to have. I'm not saying that the players think that way, but they also must be looking around like, well, why am I being asked to do this? And, okay, well, I don't want this. You do this. And that kind of leads me into where I want to go, and that is something I've talked about as far, um, well, I'll say something I've talked about with Chris Livingston this season. And that's a defined role. We need to define these roles on offense for these players. What are you being asked to do? And Thank you. Th- and then get to work in practice and work on these things. I kind of touched on it earlier with Antonio Reeves and being run off the three-point line. What? Is anybody working with him in practice on how to shoot a floater and to, and to slow your body down? Every time he comes off, it's like hot potato it straight to the basket and it bricks off the backboard or hits the back iron or anything. There's no touch. There's That's just one example, but define these roles for these guys. Make it simple. Make it simple, please. We talked all freaking football season Sam about our offense overcomplicating everything and how bad it looked on a week in week out basis and now that season's over and we're coming to basketball season and apparently Rich Scangarello is now the offensive coordinator for the Kentucky basketball program how that happened I have no idea but that is literally what it looks like and there's no clear and defined roles for these guys right now. And it's just confusing people. It's creating a lack of confidence in guys. And then when they're not doing the things well that they're being asked to do at times, they don't know where else to go and what else to resort to. And so the roles, defining them and 
I don't care what it takes. If you have to literally write it on an index card and hand it to the kid and say, this is what I need you to do every night. Now go go to work in practice on these four things and that's it. I don't care about anything else. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I would go on offense. You have to define these roles. And then within the half court, Sam, it's just, okay, here's where our first option is. Here's where our second option is. Here's where the third option is. And then build out from there. But there's got to be some sort of foundational piece here and something we're trying to accomplish on offense. I don't, I don't care what it is. Like, I'm not the most savvy X's and O's guy when it comes to basketball at at an extremely high level. Like, I know the game extremely well, but there's probably some things out there that they could do that I might not even think about and whatnot. And like I said, that's why I don't even care what it is, but what we're doing right now is, is not working. So if we just continue to do the same thing, how is anything going to change out there on the court? It's not. So we need to define these roles, Sam, like I've said, build from there, create some sort of foundational offense, something we're trying to accomplish on every time we come down the court. And so we'll build from there. And I think that can actually have a good effect on on what you see on because there's parts there. The three-point shooting is good at times. When we are able to enter the ball down into Oscar, good things happen. But it's just not consistent enough, and it's not happening. So let's figure out a way to put these guys in a better position to be able to be successful. At that point, it is on them, right? But there's blame to go on both sides with the coaches and the players right now not being put into the right positions and then a lack of execution from the players themselves. So there has to be a little give and take from both of those sides to come together, to work together, to be able to make sure that the execution is at a higher level, Sam. And I don't know if there's anything else on the offensive side of the ball that you wanted to offer up as a solution right now, or I know you're pretty satisfied with our defense, and I I don't want to say that we're a bad defense, but are there things on the defensive side of the ball that you see that need to be um, done going forward? Because there's one thing that I see personally that can be a huge fix for, for, for some of the breakdowns that we have defensively. Well, AJ, I'll start exactly where you left off because it's an issue that I brought up earlier that you have already inadvertently addressed. And that's the minutes and the distribution of minutes and the effort that oversees all of that because we're giving a lot of guys a lot of minutes that probably don't deserve it at this point in the season. But you just said it beautifully, and I couldn't have said it better myself. It's the defined roles and expectations when you're out on the court for us, AJ. Cal's ability to reshuffle the lineup, AJ, is going to address those concerns. And it couldn't have come at a better time because now you can go to different lineups and say, guys, this guy's going to play because I need this out of him. And you're starting to see it be a become a prime example and my silver lining of this week 
which is Chris Livingston, AJ, and you already brought him up. But it's go- it goes deeper than that. It's the entire team, and he's setting a precedent and an example for everyone to follow. I'm doing my job, and I'm doing it well, and now you're seeing my game grow from it and my role and expectation grow, grow because I did what I was asked, so now I get a little more responsibility, AJ. It's like a parent. It is. It's like a parent going to a kid and saying, hey, I'll let you play this game for 10 more minutes, knowing that if they play for more than 10 10 more minutes, AJ, you don't get to play the game for a week. You're cut off. No more GameCube, guys, because you're cut off. You couldn't follow expectations and rules. What did Chris do? He shut the game off and he said, hey, I know my role. Here's what I'm going to do. And you know what he gets rewarded with? More opportunities, AJ, and he deserves it. But that is going to not only address things offensively, but it's going to address effort defensively, AJ, because when you start putting different lineups in there defensively, like Chris, instead of Jacob, or instead of the guy that's struggling that night, he goes out there and he fights and he tries to go grab every last rebound. And when I rewatched the film, AJ, there was times where Chris was going up for a rebound and he didn't come down with it because Oscar fought him for it and he grabbed it. Good issues, guys. Very good issues. No, Nobody else on our team is doing that right now. Not no, a, not a single person outside of him. No, and I love to see that because that can be contagious, y'all. That can be very contagious and that can show everyone, okay, defensively, if if we also adjust the lineups, that's going to give us opportunity to play guys that are going to literally leave everything out there on the court. Go try to get rebounds, box out, fight through screens, be a leader and communicate so we can progress. And I think that all, all is fixed by, honestly, AJ, because we've got a great defense, and I'll say it. I, I've already said it. We've got a great defense, but it's the rebounding defensively that has to be addressed for me. I don't know what else needs to be addressed for you, but that can be fixed, in my honest opinion, from all effort and attention to detail, which starts with playing the right pieces and the right players that are willing to do what has to be done to ultimately win you big basketball games. Yeah, Sam, uh, you know, I kind of alluded to it, but my my only thing about defense is is effort. It all comes down to effort. Rebounding, it's 100% effort. Are you willing to get down and do what is necessary to get a rebound? It's it it's not sexy. It's not what's going to get you drafted number 1 overall. It's not what people rave about anymore as far as basketball is concerned. It's all about the three-point shot and this and that. I don't care. You still have to rebound the basketball in order to win, and so you got it just has to be done. And then that's an effort thing. So the effort, outside of that, Sam, the one thing I brought up with our defense that I don't like is defending the high pick and roll. So that's got to that's gotta be tightened up, and, and that's that's more of – the attention to detail, Sam, that has to be a part of the scouting report when you're going over the game. So are you just ignoring the scouting report or is somebody telling you to do to do these things and, and we just, like, there's some sort of disconnect there, whether it's what is being told by the coaching staff to the player 
or it's just the player going rogue during the game and saying, I think I know how to defend this guy better. Trust your scouting report, pay attention to the small details, and then go out there, give max effort, and it will lead to a higher level of execution. We're definitely much closer to being at that high level of execution on defense than we are on offense. And so the the problems on defense are much more fixable in the short term and in going forward. And like you said, Sam, it's all effort and attention to details on the defensive side of the ball. If you can do those things, it will help in other areas. And that's, that's really what I think needs to happen. You know what I mean, Sam? So if we just kind of recap this, this whole thing, right? I know we've talked a lot tonight and we've addressed multiple different issues and we've offered up some solutions to get us on the right track and to, and to start to turn the tide for this basketball team, for this fan base, and to really get things going in the right, in the right direction. And so, you know, we have a struggling offense who doesn't play well in the half court. We have some guys who have not had completely defined roles yet within this team. We have an issue with how we're dividing up minutes to players where we haven't found our best lineups. We've struggled at times with certain aspects of the game within the offense and then as well on our defense. You know, it seems like a lot, but these are definitely things that can be fixed going forward. Will that happen? We shall see. You never know. Hopefully, we can get things going. Next game is not going to be much of a test, but I will tell you one thing, Sam. I am very much looking forward to the effort and the intensity level of this basketball team coming out. You can't come off that loss and come out and play with no energy. I don't care who you're playing. And I don't care if you're playing a high school team next. It does not matter. The The effort and the intensity level has to be ratcheted up. The heightened sense of we got to get this done right now has to be there. Seems like there's a little bit of a fire that has been lit under Coach Cal's ass. Hopefully that can translate to the players as well. If there's anything else that you wanted to add, Sam, I will give you that opportunity. If not, we will wrap things up and get out of here because I know that was probably a lot to handle. And remember (laughs) back to what I said earlier, hopefully we have left you at the end of this episode feeling a little bit better about where we can go than when we first got here. Yeah. We shall see. Absolutely. I I think the last thing that I can offer up, guys, is just it's not our dark and gloom. The reason AJ AJ and I called this town hall that led to our war room is because it's the time in the season where we needed to do this. We're 10 games in, AJ. We're a third of the way in. It's still early. We have every opportunity in front of us, seriously, every opportunity to still prove that we can develop, get better, and be ready come March, AJ. 
We've seen it before by John Calipari-led teams with Julius Randle and prime other examples where we do struggle and we lose nine or so games, but we're still in the hunt and we think we are ready to make a Final Four push. So that's what I can offer up to you guys. It's not all dark and gloom. We're still a top 25 team. We still have the National Player of the Year. We still have two McDonald's All-Americans and a lot of veterans around the nucleus of this team, guys. We are right there. We just have to see a little more from these guys. I think the fire has been lit, and we are about to see a whole different product. And if I'm wrong, then you can count on me and AJ to still be here, breaking it down and offering up our best pieces of advice of how we can get through this. But seriously, guys, we are still capable of doing everything we think we're capable of. And I promise you, I'm not just saying that. I'm really not. A lot of teams are struggling out the gate, AJ. A lot of teams are losing. And I hate just as much as you do, trust me, losing. But we're almost there. We really are. We're almost there. We've had a couple of games now, AJ, Michigan State and UCLA, where we didn't execute down the stretch. If we can get that ironed out and have attention to detail down the stretch and have guys make better decisions with the basketball late in game. I said it earlier, last four minutes of the game, AJ against UCLA were abysmal. We have to iron that out and know where to go with the basketball. We, we've all we've all addressed it, and I think we're right there. We get a couple more wins, and all of this is left in the rearview mirror. So that's what I can offer up. Hopefully you guys feel a little better about it. Appreciate that, Sam. And I think that'll about do it for us tonight. That's about all we can we can cover in this time frame. Like I said, hopefully feeling a little bit more optimistic and hopeful going forward. And uh, hopefully we can build upon some of the good things that we've done this season, eliminate some of those inconsistencies and the lack of attention to detail. And if we can do those things, then Sam, I think we can put ourselves right back in that conversation. And hopefully me and you are on here having that discussion here in a few weeks instead of continuing to try to find solutions to our problems. Just a quick note before we do get out of here. It is the holiday season. Did want to just say happy holidays to everybody. We appreciate you all listening and helping to spread the word and growing the podcast. Me and Sam have a lot of plans for the podcast going forward, some new things that we want to implement to be able to help grow, get more content out to you guys. So we will keep you posted on all of those fronts, but expecting some some changes and a few things to, to help broaden the prod- podcast here uh, going forward into the new year. And then outside of that, with the holidays and Christmas coming up, What we're going to do is we will not have our traditional Saturday podcast. Me and Sam are going to be together this weekend, so we are going to record the next episode. I think what we'll do is we'll get it out to you guys probably the day after Christmas. Give everyone a chance. 
have some fun with their families, relax, get your mind off of Kentucky basketball for just a few days, all right? I'm not saying forever, just a few days, all right? I think it'd be good for everybody. The tensions are high. There's a lot of frustration going around, so we're going to take just a few days, and then we'll be right back with you right after Christmas. We'll be back, breaking everything down, and hopefully this Kentucky basketball team will be headed in a new direction. Sam, thank you for your time tonight. Again, as always, breaking it down better than anybody I know. Appreciate even you coming on here, giving some criticism, explaining to everybody where we see the faults. And let's move forward, my friend. Appreciate it, and go Cats. See y'all. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.